0: Hello, my name is Chloe and today with me is Bernie. Welcome to the Arts Equator podcast. Today we will be highlighting the ninth edition of M1 Contact Contemporary Dance Festival at Esplanade hosted by THE Dance Company that was held from June to August, 2018. It was an amalgamation of local and international performances, workshops, technique classes,
1: and residency programs. For today's podcast, we have a behind-the-scenes perspective. Ethelina Sui, who's the current festival manager of M1 Contact, run by The Dance Company. Ethelina completed her B.A. in dance from Wesley Institute in Sydney, Australia. She was involved with the Sydney Fringe Festival, Platform Shorts, and Inside Out documentary while she was in Sydney. In 2014, Ethelina returned to Singapore and found herself in the position of company manager of Frontier Dance Land before joining THE as the festival manager of M1 Context Contemporary Dance Festival in 2017. Yeah, so we
0: find it interesting to interview a festival manager for a change of tone rather than someone from the artistic or creative side because in the festival management there is also an artistry that goes into it. So just talking about a little bit about m1 contacts so stretched out four months from june till august was a wide variety of platforms we have offstage which is studio sharing a work in progress sharing for choreographers asian festivals exchange a cross-cultural collaborative platform and this year it was between korea new zealand and singapore as well as binary international showcase and more just to mention a few and there were artists who have been featured at the festival before, including, of course, THC e. and the resident choreographer Kim Jae Duk, and artists who have never shown their work in Asia.
1: I'm curious about your role as festival manager in the decision-making process. Can you talk a bit about the process and what the work is like for you, um, especially when you're traveling and scouting for works that would fit well within the festival? Um, how is it decided where you travel to, and what are some of the things that you look out for? Or is there a mandate that you're given? Right. Um, I
0: think
2: my role as a festival manager is quite broad, because um, there's a production team and a marketing team that I work closely with, as well as THE's full-time staff, the company manager, JL, and um, Louie and the ticketing manager as well. So there are quite a few aspects to look after too, and um, I start from scouting for money, (laughs) um, additional funds to run the Mm -hmm. festival. So um, I usually begin my process by um, speaking with our festival director Sui Boon to talk about the programs that he would like to bring in, um, the various sources of funding that I can look for because of the nationalities of the artists um, or the nature of the programs. So um, in general, that's where we start from, Mm -hmm. um, scouting for programs and for money to run the festival. Um, of course, there's the whole aspect of audience development, marketing strategies and stuff like that that uh, we all kind of look out for as well. Mm, in terms of your second point on going overseas to scout for programs, I think in general, I'm going on behalf of Sui Bung, mm. Um And I think it's also because he's um, generally more and more focused on the company now. So he has also um, made it quite public that um, when it comes to the running of the festival I'm like his little helper as Mm -hmm. well Um, so this year um, actually tomorrow night I'm flying off to Korea um, to New Dance for Asia International Festival who is also one of our collaborating partners Mm -hmm. Um, I went to the same festival last year um, so I kind of get a gist of what the festival is about mm. um, They have various platforms um, Some that are focused on Korean artists Some that are a bit more international um, Some are for emerging artists And some are for more seasoned choreographers and artists as well So um, I guess usually when I go over Because I know our festival platforms pretty well And I'm sure you've seen how our festival is run Like We have very specific platforms with different positionings of each platform, and so I try and fit those programs in, like, mm. like when I see something, um, I kind of know that this this is for M1 Open Stage, mm. so, okay. so I know that the works have to be short but complete, mm. um, there are also works that are tourable because other festival directors will come in and choose programs, mm. so there are different guidelines that I set myself, mm. um, or, or when I talk to Sui Boon as well, we kind of established th- these guidelines Mm-hmm. When going overseas,
1: could you go into detail for the artistic guidelines? Because I'm hearing the logistical yeah. kind of things, but
2: yeah, I think artistically, um, for platforms like Open Stage, um, we are looking for rather bold, creative works, um, something that may not necessarily fit into the norm of what um, the general public thinks contemporary dance is. But sometimes I think it's very hard to look for such programs when you're just going to one festival and you're looking out for that specific item Mm. or or piece because I mean the truth is sometimes when you go over there's really nothing that fits into that criteria Mm. and so um, you kind of end up thinking about what other platforms are we going to, what other festivals are we going to, what kind of results we might receive in the open call and how do we actually curate that program such that we fit or or rather we we adhere to our own artistic preferences or guidelines for that specific platform
1: I actually have a follow-up question to that mm. how do you know what is considered creative and bold with the mindset of what the general public expects like you how do you decide that something is Different from what the general public expects from contemporary dance?
2: Mm. Yeah. It's a very good question. I think for us running a festival, it's really a huge responsibility because we are actually educating the public on what contemporary dance is, and that's a huge burden on our shoulders because then we know that when we program or when we curate, we're actually affecting. The public's opinion of what contemporary dance is. Mm-hmm. So, and also being like, specifically a contemporary dance festival, because mm-hmm. it's in our name, right? I mean mm-hmm. it's in our festival's name that we're M1 content mm-hmm. contemporary dance festival. So um I know like for for I, I'm quite certain that when Boon started the festival, it was because um, in his point of view, at that point in time in 2010 there was not much contemporary dance going on in Singapore, and he wanted to promote contemporary dance to the general public. So I would say that from then till now, the progress of what has been programmed would be something that we would use as a benchmark against what we think the general public is exposed to. But of course, we can't can't say for sure that that's all they watch because there are so many other festivals happening. Um, Singaporeans travel as well and the whole arts community is travelling overseas and we've seen so much more than what we've seen in Singapore but then for the, for the lay person who may not be a dance specific audience maybe when they go travelling <laughs> I'm not sure how much they watch but then of course we, we can't say for, for sure that um, we know exactly what our audience has been exposed to but we try to use our past editions as well as what we watch overseas and what we watch in Singapore as our personal benchmarks. Mm. And I would say that that whole responsibility thing comes as a very heavy burden because then we, we are also responsible for being out there, knowing what's going on in the international scene, and, and trying our best to be exposed to as much
0: as possible. Mm. Yeah, with that said, do you yeah. notice any ripple effects like from the past few years working with M1 in how the audience has shifted, how their response has changed?
2: Honestly, I've been only in this festival for one and a half years now, <laughs> so it might be too soon to say anything or mm-hmm. claim anything. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a bit too soon for for me to say anything about that. Mm-hmm. But from the feedback that I've received from the ground, um, it's, it's always quite mixed. Um, some audiences have told me that uh, they really, really enjoyed this year's stage, or they really enjoyed um, this year's AFX because of the diversity that it brought and, and the, the spectrum of contemporary dance that they felt um, they were exposed to in just two platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, in this festival specifically, because I know that a lot other shows like there are plenty of other shows going on out Mm. there
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so since you mentioned um afx maybe we can talk Mm. about that a little bit and bernice and i were discussing a little bit earlier that um i mean it is it is the main point of afx correct me if i'm wrong is the cross-cultural collaboration so you had an artist from new zealand and you also had an artist from korea south korea and singapore who did collaborations with local artists,
1: mm-hmm. correct? And the Japanese. Yeah, and, and a Japanese artist. Mm. Well, the Japanese artist was just here to present a solo, right? Mm. So the exchange was just actually at the f- exchange of festivals. I believe that M1 Contact has developed some partnerships, like you mentioned before. Mm. And if I'm not wrong, these partners are East Asian. Mm. Mm. So. We were wondering how um, the festival exchange platform decided on this very specific title. True. I think for us there was a question of okay, we understand festivals exchange, but how do you decide to call it Asian? Because mm. gra- like there was a New Zealand <laughs> choreographer as this well. This is really a question for Cebu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, mm. but. Um
2: we, we have talked about it Actually, mm. I've been bringing this up as mm-hmm. well in our meetings Because mm. of the New Zealander <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, That yeah. happened this year and also in 2016, I think mm. Yeah, for the second company Because I think mm. in 2016, um, Sarah Foster came to choreographer mm. work And it was also in the Asian Festivals Exchange platform mm. Yeah, so I think internally, we are also trying to Re-look at the names of our platforms mm-hmm. And um, the specific intentions or, mm. or like objectives That we're trying to meet in, in mm. these platforms Mm. Yeah, but um the one with the Japanese artists actually there were um it's it's always meant to be a collaborative partner where um a Singapore artist or a Singapore based artist collaborates with um, the Japanese artists and then they make a work together. Mm-hmm. Something that's similar to what An did with the Koreans this year. Mm-hmm. But then it just so happened that unfortunately because of different circumstances. Mm. We couldn't make that exchange happen. Mm. So we just invited him to present mm. his work.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think it's a transition period also okay. for this
0: platform specifically. Yeah. Mm.
1: Okay. That's
0: good to clarify. Yeah. Because sometimes the term Asian can be at risk of oversimplification. Yes. Especially when we talk about diversification of you know, contemporary dance. Yeah. When we mm. say Asian it tends to yeah. be very specified. Yeah. So we, we've talked about yeah. that yeah. internally mm. too. Yeah.
1: Mm. So it's good to know that there's a, a conversation, conversation Yeah. And yeah. it's evolving. Yes. Yeah. And we're aware. I think it's important <laughs> that we stay aware of sort of the artistic geopolitics of Mm -hmm. what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, we'll backtrack a little bit chronologically. Um, The festival kicked off with Earth, which is a double bill by THE Dance Company, and it featured the Old Body Attacks by Kim J. Duke and Earth by Humanhood. We know that Humanhood came to Singapore in 2017 and featured their work, Zero, at the Binary International Showcase in 2017. Um, could you share a bit about the negotiation process of bringing Humanhood in as choreographers for the company?
2: When Sui first saw um, Humanhood's video that was submitted um, in 2017, because I'm not sure if you're aware, but. Um, how humanhood came about in our festival was because they submitted a video in our open call for open stage actually mm-hmm. in twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. and Siewun saw the video and he thought that actually that might be more appropriate for the binary international artists showcase platform, because he thought that the work was of um a higher quality, and it was ready for a presentation in uh, a platform that 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 would usually program something that's of a higher artistic value or more seasoned choreographers, so so that was how we started with Humanhood Zero in 2017. And then at the end of the performance, um, Sui Boon approached both Rudy and Julia and asked if they'd be interested to choreograph a piece on DHE Dance Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was how it all began. <laughs>
0: yeah, we also had some outdoor free performances like Dance at Dusk, which was at the Esplanade Outdoor Theatre, which featured organized chaos by Sui Boon and Kim Jae Dook, which was performed without music, only body and echo of the dancers' vocals. The movement and soundscape together was actually, for me, quite captivating and carried a lot of character. However, I, I will say it did bother me a little bit that the host was you know, teaching the audience how to, how to feel a little bit about contemporary dance and I, I felt like we're holding the hands of the audience but the audience is smart and they're intuitive. So with that said, how do you feel the responses from the audience has shifted and developed like from your perspective working with the festival?
2: I think Dance It Does is positioned um as a platform that um, is more educational so it really seeks to reach out to new audiences people who Mm -hmm. might have not watched contemporary dance before or people who have barely been exposed to contemporary dance Mm -hmm. but having said that because it's a free program we can't really control who enters (laughs) the outdoor theater because passers by go there Mm -hmm. the dance audience also go there to watch what's happening Mm -hmm. so um, we have a whole range of audience that we kind of have to cater to or or be mindful of.
0: It's great also to cater to the variety of audience that you all bring in, especially the fact that it's accessible Yeah, to kick Mm. off, because it was in the beginning of the festival.
2: It is a challenge and something that we have to keep working towards, because um, the way we write the script and the way we program this platform has to speak to someone who has never watched contemporary dance before, as well as someone who probably has watched contemporary dance overseas and came here as an expat or or is just here on a holiday. Mm -hmm. So the spectrum is very wide. Mm -hmm. And also to balance um, how we know that the audience is smart and we know that the audience um, can decipher for for themselves Mm -hmm. what they would like to interpret the items to be. or or what it actually means to them, or whether it has no meaning at all mm. because that's their free will and their choice. Mm-hmm. But also knowing that contemporary dance to those who are in the art form can mean something else or, or, or to those with, with a more seasoned experience with the art form, there are things that might probably speak to us in a different manner and also to highlight all those different aspects that might be interesting for the general public. So I think it's really a balance of that mm-hmm. when we do
1: audience development programs like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In some senses, as a platform, M1 Contact contemporary dance has quite a bit of power in terms of the statement that you make. Um, so to hear some of these challenges articulated from you, it's it's good to try and figure it out together, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. so that you don't feel as a festival that you're doing it alone
2: mm. Yeah, mm. I-, I think it's also recognizing the huge responsibility mm-hmm. <laughs> that we have and, mm. and the various stakeholders that we also partner with or influence mm. and also knowing that um, general public feedback or feedback from the arts community is very important mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah I'm not sure if this is a shift or if it's always been there just that I haven't paid as much attention to it Uh, One of the things that I've noticed is that the festival has started presenting works-in-progress more and more. Mm. Like
0: Offstage, for example, is a works-in-progress platform and it introduces to both artists and audiences a wider range of works that's also open to feedback and critique for the post-show dialogue and I think that's quite Um, empowering for the
1: the local community Mm -hmm. to be given such a platform. Would you share some of your observations about this? Maybe in regard to the audience's responses and also how the artists respond to it. Mm -hmm. In 2017, actually, um,
2: because we received so many... um, submissions for the M1 Open Stage Open Call mm-hmm. and we also realised that some of the works were probably near the finishing point but not yet quite there mm-hmm. so that's how we decided to start off stage as mm-hmm. a platform mm-hmm. and then it remained um, for 2018 but we specifically put out an open call there mm-hmm. for Works in Progress mm-hmm. um, I think their intention is really for artists to to know that it's okay to present first drafts Mm. and gain some feedback from the public or from from industry partners or from practitioners who are also going through the same journey. Mm. Um, Because a lot of times when artists are fixated on presenting a product, sometimes the product ends up being a presentation of the first draft or Mm. second draft Mm -hmm. and there hasn't been much insight put in yet. Mm. And then we always say, like, the performance could have been better, or like, that could have happened. Um, So I think um, that's how the platform offstage started. Um, It was really to to just allow the artists to have a platform where they can um, show their draft works and and gather some feedback from the general public and also have that third eye because a lot of artists choreograph on their own bodies Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think this year, um, for me, I especially enjoyed the the second day of offstage because we had the various festival directors from our different collaborating partners Mm -hmm. our collaborating partners from Open Stage come in and some of them gave very insightful feedback yeah, and I think the artists really appreciated it as well. Like they were there with their notebooks, writing mm. down the comments and the feedback that mm. they could work on.
0: Mm, yeah, great. Yeah, we can touch a little bit on the technique workshops, and before we we close the circle, um, mm. I was able to attend one of the workshops by only Shamel one. <laughs> Bernice attended three. <laughs> so she only got for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I attended Chamel. Um, Shamel Pitt's workshop With his co-performer Martins And they taught An excerpt from their piece Black Velvet Which was interesting To experience
1: An embodiment of it Before watching it Yeah And I did that workshop As well And also Astrid's Technique class As well as Kim Bora's Technique class Um, Kim Bora also taught A bit of Movement phase I don't think It was from the piece I think it was From a previous piece Yeah um, and we were observing that it does make a difference to embody the work before yeah. watching it on stage.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You develop a relationship to mm-hmm. to the piece when you
0: watch it. Yeah. Before,
2: specifically before, and not after.
0: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. I guess it's subjective. Now it depends on for me because I watched it before. Maybe
1: for you, it's different. Eh, you watched it before. I I I you took the class took the before. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah, so I watched the Chamel's workshop. I saw the work and then I mm. did the workshop. But I have quite a lot of experience with the gaga technique, yeah, so in many ways, I could see it and feel it quite easily, and in some ways, I know that I'm desensitized as well, mm. which has its whole other kind of audience baggage, yeah um yeah, but I do think that because we can take the classes, we're dancers and we take the classes, our experience of it is slightly different from if I have no contact with movement and I watch something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
0: closing the M1 circle was Binary International Showcase featuring Vestige
1: Vestige by Astrid Boons and Black Velvet by Shamel Pitts. We were hoping that you could talk a bit To clarify why it's called binary Like what are the um, Is it always two duets For example Because my impression is that it's about duets And it's about two works being seen Side by side
2: Mm, I think This platform has gone through Different um, Name changes or modifications Like it was called Seasoned Artistry In 2013 Mm -hmm. And then it was between International Artists Showcase or International Artists Highlights, International Artists Platform for mm-hmm. quite a while, mm-hmm. before it turned into Binary International Artists Showcase in 2017 and 2018. And I think for these two years specifically, it was really because it was two different works um, of quite... I mean, both works are quite different. It's really Swee Choice. Of works to be put together. I mean, it's he, it's his curatorial choice, um, and and the word binary just came up last okay. year, and we just decided to keep with it this mm-hmm. year because of the nature of the platform, mm-hmm. or,
1: um, the nature of the programming. Mm. Yeah. I personally really like the name because it's two duets, <laughs> in a sense, and it's very clear that, yeah. that that that's really what we're there to encounter. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And there's a sense that there's contrast, but it's not about that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so look out for the next open call for both the local and international community if they want to apply for the 10th edition of M1 Context Contemporary Dance Festival in 2019, happening between June till August. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.